Welcome back to the Strength and Speed Podcast. I'm your host, Strength and Speed owner and Conquer the Gauntlet Pro, Evan Preparis. If you're confused by that intro, we just changed music for the first time ever. So I've been using the same intro the entire time. One of my friends, Mark Capaldo, was in a band called Madison Ambush, and we've been using his song, one of his songs. Uh, you can still find them on YouTube if you're curious to hear more from them. But that song, which you just heard, is actually my priest who also writes his own music. And it's kind of funny because he writes like hard rock music, but he's an Orthodox priest. And if you know anything about Orthodox worship, essentially the liturgy, the way they sing and preach was created in like, you know, 300, 400 AD and hasn't really changed much since then. So it's pretty wild to hear him jamming out on guitar and uh, playing the drums and then kind of laying it all together. And, you know, you didn't hear on the, the intro, there's an audio track for it. I mean, a singing track for it too. If you're interested in checking him out, you can go to YouTube and he's under Father Dino. Oh, I'm sorry. He's not under Father. He's just under Dino Sinos, D-I-N-O-S-I-N-O-S. All right, let's bring on our guests. So this episode, we have Bobby Ross and Victoria Ross, the owners, founders, creators of the company Stokeshed. So Bobby and Victoria, welcome. Hi. Hi, thanks for having us on. And you may have heard of Bobby and Victoria from, they shot all basically all the videos you saw from Conquer Fitness. They shot all the videos for Conquer Youth, for Conquer the Gauntlet. They did OCR America. And they've shot a bunch of music videos, which we're going to talk about some of that stuff later. And kind of just a all-around filmmaking and photography gurus. And you'll see Bobby if you ever come to a Conquer the Gauntlet. And he's like, he'll be like sprinting down the course with like a full backpack on. And Victoria's right there next to him taking pictures. So, yeah, welcome. Thanks for having us. We're having a, having a great time listening to your, your priest's music. That's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, you can, like I said, you can check out the rest of it on uh, YouTube. But, you know, so we wanted to get Bobby and Victoria on. One, because they participate in OCR and they're athletic, but they're not like elite athletes. So they're, they're fit guys and fit guy and girl. And... Yeah, I think we can learn a lot from your mindset and training. Um, plus, I'm curious to hear about some of your opinions from someone who's not necessarily like completely immersed in the OCR industry and you know, some of the second and third order effects of this virus pandemic and you know, opening your own business because I know some people lost their jobs from this pandemic and they're looking to branch out into other stuff, maybe follow some of their dreams. And you know, you're starting Stokeshed and some of the stuff you've done seems like such a cool and wild job. Uh, we're kind of curious to hear about it. So let's start off with some of the fitness stuff before we get into the media side. And we talk about, you know, OCR on television and shooting OCR and, and footage and stuff like that. A while ago, you had a Hey Real Quick, so these short one minute, two minute videos you do about Pegatron, one of the hardest obstacles in OCR, Conquer the Gauntlet's pegboard. Just kind of take me through your process and how that, that kind of whole thing played out there. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, when I started Stokeshed, one of the things that I wanted to do differently than a lot of other companies was that instead of like advertising myself, I wanted to be an advocate for my clients in everything that I, that I made. So, you know, when I was trying to tell people what it was that I did and I wanted to get clients, instead of telling everybody how good I was, I figured I'm in media. I need to be showing them anyhow. What I say doesn't matter. It's, it's, is what I do anyhow. So I started making videos about just stuff that was happening in my life. And uh, I, was, I was at Conquer Fitness, which uh, is a gym that the main prizes who own and run Conquer the Gauntlet uh, used to own and run. And we had all of the obstacles there and there was a, a full Pegatron there in the gym. And I just, could not get it at all. I came from a background in running and uh, powerlifting. So I, I wasn't, I didn't have the body control. I had had a lot of like wrist and bicep issues, which I'm still working through now. And so I just used this platform, this Hey Real Quick platform to talk about Conquer the Gauntlet, to talk about Conquer Fitness that we were heavily involved in. And uh, to also talk about Pegatron and how crazy difficult it is to just like, or was for me just starting out. Talk about, you know, how you got stuck and then eventually kind of the end result of it real quick. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it took me a year to get Pegatron for the first time of oh. training uh, constantly every week. 
Um, so, I mean, I was, I was going to class and working on it two or three days a week for a year before I finally got it. Uh, and, you know, in the, in the video, I think something that I kind of talked about was how, you know, usually when it, when it comes time to do something really big and important in your life, you don't necessarily always see incremental changes. It's the same in business. It's the same in fitness. You're, you always hope that it's going to feel like you did just a little bit better every time at whatever it is that you're kind of pursuing, but that's just not always the case. Sometimes you just have to be stupid and stubborn and push through the same failures over and over again. And it's, it's that tenacity that, that gets you where you want it. And that's the way it was with Pegatron. I could not get past about three handholds for literally a year. And then one week, uh, I, was finally able to make it all the way through. And then after that, it, it became much, much easier. And so, I don't know, like, like there, was, there was just like a lot of body control I was missing. Like I, I tend to have, I have really weak uh, wrists. I've got a lot of like, like tendon issues in my wrists. So I had to work through a lot of like, a, like a, you know, like my biceps would lock up. I had a lot of like things all the way down the chain from my fingers all the way to my feet and you know and my body control and my core strength that needed to all kind of work together to create a good uh workable technique to get across pegatron nice now i love i love that and i love your persistence in it because you know, i think some people especially those coming from other ocrs will come to conquer the gauntlet and be like oh it was it was too hard you know blah 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 and it's like well you know you need to practice it, it's not meant to come over here and just destroy it like it's a warrior dash and you can breeze through every obstacle. Like it's supposed to be challenging. That's the point. You're supposed to feel like you accomplished something at the end. Yeah. Pretty much regardless. Yeah, I think it, like, I think a lot of people get hung up on fitness because the stuff that we like, I think that this is just a, it's just a, I don't know, a, uh, an idea that I've had for a long time, which is that we get really inspired to get fit because we, we look at, you know, like Henry Cavill or, uh, you know, like, like Chris Evans or these like celebrities who were in awesome shape and we see them, we're like, I want to be like them. I want to look like them. We get really inspired, but it's hard to get in shape. It's hard to, hard to look like that. And it's hard to be strong and be fit. And so I, I almost think that you need a desire to look good, but you, you also need to like have a uh, kind of, I don't know, almost, almost like a crazy, a crazy need to hurt for life to be hard. <laughs> well, and I think it's funny, like what you're saying, you worked on Pegtron for a year and because you were enjoying working on it too. Like I'm sure it was super frustrating, but you, you were surrounded by a community who was doing that kind of thing, encouraging you to do it so that you didn't feel like you're alone in this. And I feel like with anyone who's like, well, I'm not fit. I can't run a race or I'm not fit. I, I'll never like lift heavy or whatever it is you're wanting to do. It's like, I think you should, instead of worrying so much about how you want to look necessarily, it's like find something you enjoy doing and you'll be able yeah. to be consistent, like running races with people, you know, in the OCR community, like what could be more fun than that? And you'll work on those obstacles over time. You'll get faster over time. But if you enjoy the whole process, it's just going to be better overall. Oh yeah. Yeah, within 2020, I feel like every everyone wants the results and wants the end end state now, right? Like you yeah. you can't you can't wait for months of training and persistence and stuff like that. And you mentioned all those movie stars and wanting to look like them. You know, the one thing I'll throw in there is those movie stars a lot of times peak for a film, so they they bulk and then they cut and they don't have to abide by World Anti Doping Agency standards. <laughs> they peak for a film, and then some of them like. I remember uh, it was Gerard Butler after 300, a couple of like, like a year or two later looked terrible. And he was just oh, like, yeah. he's like, it's just not worth it to look like that all the time. <laughs> so, you know, there's a balance between being happy and looking good. And I think everyone's balance point is at a different level. So let's, oh, let's, let's switch from fitness to talking about your film company, Stoke Shed. So why did you start your own film company? Oh, well... Uh, a big reason why we started it was because there didn't seem like there was another option at the time. Uh, we, we both have like Victoria is a, is a graphic designer by trade. And I, uh, I, I was working as a creative director and videographer uh, for a different organization. And it was just, it was time to do something new. 
we had some disagreements with the organization and uh, knew that we were going to need to move on in some direction. And we kind of made it difficult on ourselves by just saying, you know what, let's figure it out as we go. We had a little bit of money saved up. And I was already doing video projects on the side. She was already working. Uh, she was doing, Victoria was doing like book covers and working with different publishers and different clients as well. And so we kind of just put in our two weeks at our job and decided to uh, just pick up more clients to kind of fill in the gap while we looked for something else. Uh, and we found out that, that the clients came quickly and they liked what we did. And it was very natural to kind of move into the freelance world. So, so it kind of just happened. <laughs> you know, I, I've got a steady paycheck from the government as, as, a, as a member of the army. The thought of like just dumping that and going freelance and, you know, job to job is pretty wild to me. So just kind of, I'd say kind of talk me through that. And, you know, if anyone's maybe in a similar position where they, they're stuck in a job they don't like, I like my job on a side note, but you know, if they're stuck in a job they don't want like, and they want to pursue their dreams kind of like you were doing, you know, what's just the, I don't know. What's your, what's your mental take on that? I think that it's always better to pursue opportunity than like quote unquote, uh, kind of like, like, you know, what your dream is. So, I mean, like, I have a lot of, like, kind of things that I want to do with my life. Um, you know, like, I can always, like, come up with something else that I, I think would be really fun to do. But uh, at the perfect convergence of not having a job and also having a skill uh, was where my business kind of sprang up, which is where our businesses kind of sprang up, you know. Uh, I don't think that that I started this because I didn't have other options. I mean, I, I know I did have other options that would have paid much better. Uh, I, I, Victoria will tell you how sick I was for like three weeks while I was talking with a company to make a lot, a lot more money. But it was, I thought that the job would just drain me and kill me and I would, I would just be so frustrated all the time that I would just quit that anyway. And so I, I really think that it was almost 0% what I wanted to do and 100% what I felt like I had to do to stay sane and move forward in life and not make a lateral career move. Gotcha. Well, I, I mean, I absolutely love your stuff. If anyone's been listening to my podcast for a while, they know I've raved about, I mean, your coverage of OCR America was so, so good. Um, it was it just was phenomenal. So fun, man. Uh, <laughs> You're crazy. All, <laughs> You're just crazy, dude. And then all the other stuff, like the Hey Real Quick, I mean, I love those. They're just like little bite-sized nuggets of, really, really good information and like life lessons that people can take and consume and, you know, apply to their, their lives. And, you know, a lot of them about, some of them about obstacle course racing, but some of them are just completely, you know, different topics. So, you know, head, if anyone's listening, head over to the Stoke Shed Facebook page because all the videos are up there and you can go check them out. Now, obviously the pandemic hit and it is put a huge damper on pretty much businesses nationwide, especially the OCR industry, you know, how has COVID impacted your business? Um, it's definitely required some flexibility. Um, a lot of what I do with graphic design is, is communicating for businesses. And so all of a sudden there's just a spotlight on what everyone is saying in so many ways, because so much of your communication is online that, it seems like there's more scrutiny than ever, but there's also like a need to communicate effectively with your audiences and to actually connect with them. And that's definitely been a, a point to, to really reconsider of like, if I'm creating like social media content for a business or, or they're releasing anything of just trying to stay flexible as the world around you shifts and, and be sensitive to that and how you communicate and how clear you are and all of that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as far as how it's affected us, Victoria has had almost no change at all in the amount of business that like the, the graphic design side has been great, uh, maybe even better in some respects, whereas the video completely died. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's no, there's nothing to shoot. If no one's gathering anywhere, like what? Nothing. What Nobody needed anything. In fact, businesses were cutting back. I lost all of my clients. Uh, for two months. 
Uh, now we did have have savings, and but you know, like I mean, it was really it was really crazy. Like you know, freelance work is always feast or famine. You have to be ready for dry spells, sometimes long dry spells, and you have to figure out ways to use that time to look ahead to uh, the next opportunity because it it will come, but it's hard to remember that. So I mean, it's just been like kind of like an exercise in that that same kind of stubbornness that you know you have to you have to use to get through an obstacle in OCR like that that this, the same thing that happened on Pegatron happened throughout the past like four months like I, I, I had nothing 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 and then just things started coming in again and if you're ready for it then you'll just bounce right back yeah good advice there so we touched on a little bit, but you know, what type of, so for those of us that haven't, I've never seen Stoke Shed Facebook page or your website and what type of stuff do you shoot? Uh, The the biggest portion of the work that we end up doing is, is uh, promotional work for businesses. Um, I've done, I've done a lot. I've done everything from, from training videos to social media campaigns. Uh, I've, I've done editing for, for nonprofits, which I love, I, I, I get the chance to work with lots of companies that I enjoy working with. And uh, I also turn down uh, working with people that I don't want to work with. Uh, I've, I've been really blessed to have, you know, my, my, my wife here, it wasn't just me. I've, I've had the ability to say no to people who I quite frankly thought were crazy and weren't worth working for uh, or weren't the right place, for, you know, weren't somewhere that I wanted to be connected with. And so I've, I've kind of just followed where I felt like good people were. Uh, but the stuff that really brings me joy is the stuff that doesn't make any money. I kind of like save up money for, from doing, you know, kind of like, like work for corporate stuff or like stuff in the OCR space uh, so that I can make music videos and work on comedy and horror skits and short films. I've got some different scripts and uh, pilots that I've worked on over the past year or so that I hope someday to get to make with other talented people. And so I'm just kind of followed opportunity still. Awesome. Yeah. I remember you, you put out hell couch. Uh, was it last October? Was it <laughs> yeah. The year before is a short film about a haunted couch essentially. So yeah, I the we day- went to uh, we got on Facebook marketplace after we had the idea and found a couch that was two blocks away sitting on the side of the curb it smelled like like you know old cigarettes and other stuff but we took it and gutted it and like took all the guts out of it so that we could could crawl up inside of it one night and uh pull pull our actress through it to make it look like these like kind of like hands out of hell were like dragging her into the couch it was really fun yeah, it's amusing. I, when it came out, I was actually at work and I was like, hey, everyone, come look at this. And like everyone in the office crowded around the computer. So we, we <laughs> took a couple minutes out of our day to watch it. But let's talk about some of the crossover points you have in the OCR world. So you mentioned race coverage, right? You, you do race coverage. What about stuff like, you know, if someone, if some listener wanted to maybe pay you to do their Ninja Warrior submission video or something like that, you know, or is, that an, is that an option? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like there's... There's so much to be said for the way that media has changed over the past couple of years. You know, everybody's got like a professional camera in their, in their phone that's better than anything that you could get for under like 20 grand just like 10 years ago. And so anybody can make something. Uh, so it's not about the technology. It's about finding somebody who understands how to tell a story and who gets you and connects with you and has the... I don't know, the, the, I don't know, just, just the, the knack or the tenacity to tell your story. That's, that's something that you can't, that a, a phone can't do for you. AI can't do it yet. It takes another person understanding who you are and why it's important that you do what you do to communicate something that's greater. You know, anybody can get coverage. You can document anything, but Video doesn't have to just be for documenting things. I, th- I think that great media, like a, a great movie, or you know, even you know, even a podcast, like it's the, the person who is a craftsperson can take the feelings that are inside of you, translate them, and 
that's, that's something that you, you can't just get, you know, with money. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, so you shot, obviously you shot OCR America. We, we just talked about that, but you also just shot Casey Timber challenge, wild women's challenge, uh, first race back in Kansas after the pandemic. And it was just, I mean, it was just so good. I, I love, I absolutely love your work. So when we, when I went to Hannibal race in Lebanon and Kuwait, I, like you said, I took my phone and I am not, I'm not a trained videographer. I rarely shoot video and I just kind of winged it and it came out, you know, it came out all right. It came out passable for someone shooting and editing on their phone and in a couple hours. But like the, you know, when your video dropped for Wild Wimber Timber Challenge and, you know, every morning on OCR America, that was seriously like the high point of my day. Like every morning I'd wake up and that would be like the high point. I was like, yes, get to watch yesterday's video. <laughs> And then Dude, the OCR America was one of the high points of my life. That was <laughs> one of the, that was just such a great trip. It was such an awesome adventure. I yeah, had was. so much fun. Like, yeah, and we was. would, we would like, you know, be out, you know, like get up in the morning, like kind of nurse our wounds, eat junk food and just go out. And like, none of us ran half as much as you did, but I mean, like it was still exhausting, but it, it didn't matter how exhausting the day was because I was always so excited about getting all that footage on my laptop and editing all night long just so that we had something that like kind of tried, tried to to show how much of a crazy adventure it was to be there. It was so much fun. Yeah. And you you know, you look back on the videos and you're like, Oh, these are really good. But the, to me, the most amazing part is you were shooting, editing, and producing all in a single 24 hour span. And you had to do it again and again and again and again. And we never knew what the next day was going to bring. So you couldn't like craft a storyline that made sense per se, or, but you still found a way to make each day a little bit different that it came out as just a really great uh, project. And, you know, again, you can head over to teamstrengthspeed.com. I embedded on the website there. You can head over to Stoke Shed Facebook page. It's on their web. It's on your uh, Facebook page there. So I highly encourage people to check that out. And then, you know, Mike Stefano, who was also with us from Obstacle Running Adventures, did podcast coverage of it. So after every day, we did a little episode. And I mean, those podcast episodes are, I think, some of the, it's the best produced podcast content that OCR has. So oh, he does I, such a fantastic job. I can't yeah. wait to work with him again. I, I've, I've missed his face. Yeah. <laughs> we, so. we talked a little bit about it afterwards. Uh, you know, like you were, you were saying, like, you, know, you don't know what's going to happen when you're out there and you just, you start the morning and you have just this amount of time to get it all done and then create something. And then the next morning it starts all over again. Well, I mean, that might be difficult if, if all you're doing is going to work and sitting in an office all day and then you have to go home and figure out how to find drama in that. But there was no problem on OCR America finding drama. Because there was pain, there was struggle, there were, there were crazy times that all you had to do was show up and not be lazy. Yeah. And there was a good story there. there wasn't, we didn't have to make anything up. Yeah. Let's talk about shooting a music video. You know, how long, because a music video is usually, what, a couple minutes, three, five minutes-ish. How yeah. long and how much production, you know, goes into that? How long does that take? So, uh, this man, that is such a loaded <laughs> question. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so I mean, I guess uh, obviously it depends on the, what they're shooting and, you know. Oh, but, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, this is like, it's the, the anecdote I, I always give um, is how, however long you think it's going to take, uh, it's a hundred times that. <laughs> it's a hundred times is, is the right answer. It's the right call. Um, so, like, generally, uh, say, a three-minute music video Say that, that you, you've got four locations. So, you, so you've probably got at least four, if four, four to six days of shooting. Uh, I mean, I, we shot, golly, I've shot a video in one day. And the, between the pre-production and the editing on that one, that one took about two weeks for me wow. to do. Uh, and then we just, we finished one in... Oh gosh, we, we did Casey Stefan and the Midnight Sun was the last music video uh, that I completed. And that was um, two months of production for a, you know, a, a four minute song. And it was nonstop. I, I, would, say, I would say that 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 was about 250 hours of work for me. Oof. 
um, because we had to, you know, you know, there's all the planning and then uh, you, you, in order to get people to give money and their time, you have to show a proof of concept. And so something that's very common for directors to do is to hire an artist to storyboard it uh, so that you can see it. And if you can show, hey, I've got a good idea that works, then you can get money for it. So I do all that myself as well. Uh, and I can collaborate with the artist. So like you will have an animatic if we do a music video, which is basically an animated storyboard. So I make a cartoon of your video before we shoot it. Then we shoot it. Um, usually shoot days last 12 to 14 hours. Um, if, it's a, if it's a location shoot with a full crew, uh, and whatever amount of pickup days. So that one, that, that last one took was six days of shooting uh, and then about two weeks of post-production. And then uh, that one I actually gave to an editor and I think he spent about uh, 50 hours with it. Wow. And that's, that's, on the, that's on a higher end for a low budget. That was on almost no budget shoot. There's no money in music videos. Uh, don't, ever, don't get into music videos because you know <laughs> there's, there's no money there. No, I do this because I love them and yeah. I love music. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about, you know, if anyone's listening and then wants to hire you for a race, um, you know, how do they reach you? Do they have to, you know, you're based out of Tulsa. So obviously anything in the Tulsa area is significantly easier, especially, especially now uh, with some of the travel restrictions, but how do they, you know, how do they contact you? And, you know, do they have to, if, if someone, if you have, if they want to cover, have you cover something in like New York, do they have to, you know, pay for your flights and stuff like that. Yeah, you got to get me there. Um, <laughs> one way or another, I've got to make it. So, I mean, uh, I, I, I generally itemize that, how that works, so that you can see what I'm charging for as much as, you know, as, as much as is possible. Uh, what you don't want to do when you hire a, you know, like, like a, a filmmaker or a videographer to cover your event is to say, uh, it's going to be short, no big deal. The shorter something is, the harder it is to make and mm. you don't want to hire somebody who's not willing to give you a hundred percent. So if you're not willing to pay what it's worth to get a good video, we, this, you know, this goes back to me saying, I only work with people who I believe in. I only work with, with, you know, companies that, that I, I, I believe in and I think are worth doing. I'm, I'm not going to be the cheapest person. Uh, and there's a reason for that. And it's because I'm not going to give you a cheap looking video. If you like what I do uh, and you see that there's value in it uh, and it's bringing you money to have this, a good video, good media legitimizes your brand. Yep. Every, everyone is very media literate now. You get on, so everyone's on social media. It's not just young kids anymore. We're used to seeing good work. Good work is, is hard to make. It takes money and it takes time. And so you delegitimize yourself by going cheap and by going the easy route. Don't, you know, if you want to do it yourself, you can. And if you're good at it, you absolutely should. But if you're looking for professional work, you'll, you'll pay for it. And uh, if, you, if you see the value in it and you know how to use it for yourself, then it will bring you far, far more money in return than it will just paying me to do it or paying Victoria for the incredible uh, photo and design work that she does. Like it's, it's a very easy line between taking the time to hire somebody to do something right and having a better looking, more recognizable, more legitimate brand. Yeah. And I, the, your, your coverage of OCR America this time compared to the winter one, when I did it in 2016, the summer one, we raised over twice as much money. Um, I think in no small part to your videos, right? Because the content was going out every day. It was high quality. It looked great. It told a story and people were willing to donate from it. From it. So, you know, it was, well, it was also really crazy what you were doing <laughs> and you got to see it. I was there. I was like, I can't believe that. How are you still running? <laughs> There's like, you guys go back and watch the coverage from, man, we, we, we were in North. It was a really, really short course. The one that, that uh, was super dense. Erie, Erie Pennsylvania. Erie, Erie's it was in Pennsylvania. It was the Pennsylvania one. And I have footage in the video of, of Evan's tired run. Evan is, as it, at this point, run somewhere close to 100 miles in three days. And I don't know how many obstacles at that point. Just 
a massive amount of, of work uh, that his body has expended. And his hands are just like, like flopping. Cause it's just like, there's, there's nothing left. Like in between like, like obstacles, it's like, I gotta conserve as much energy as possible and turn into this like, like insane, like willpower extravaganza that was just, uh, it's, it's so crazy to watch to me, you know, to go back and say, I can't imagine being that tired. My wife says she can recognize me from across the field uh, with no, <laughs> just from my gate, not like she doesn't even have to see any sort of like visible markings, just like a shadow of me running. She can pick me out from across the field, she says. Oh, yeah. And somehow you still make it badass. I don't understand. It makes me so angry sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good. It's good that I, you think that because I don't, I don't, a lot of times I don't feel very badass. So that's, uh, <laughs> that's good. But, you know, so the, I think brands now are looking to cut costs and, I don't think, I think an easy one to cut right off the bat is like, oh, I'll just cut the video guy. And uh, I think that's a bad idea. You know, I think that's going to hurt in the long run. Just kind of put that out and, you know, I guess you can throw any, if you have any other two cents to add to that. Yeah, I just, I feel like that's a missed opportunity to be cutting it there when there's just so much focus online. Like people are spending so much time online I mean, they're meeting online. They're doing, I mean, things have definitely opened up some, sure. But like, if things were already not going in this direction, they just got like propelled into the online world that much more that if you're missing the opportunity to have that driven content that is intentional for what you're trying to convey, it's, it's specific to you and your brand. Like even in, in the world of graphic design, well, there's a million apps now where you can cobble a template together that says what you want it to say and it doesn't look horrible and that's for some people that is adequate and you know similar to just shooting your own video or taking your own pictures but the difference is definitely is it telling the story you wanted to tell and that's something that bobby is just ridiculously good at is is not just pointing a camera at something but is drawing more out of you than maybe you even realized you had to tell. And that's just, I just think that's a missed opportunity for brands to be cutting those corners when they might not even know what they're missing. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent agree there. Now let's talk about OCR specifically and specifically TV. You know, I think the, the big push a couple of years ago was like, Oh, we'll, you know, we got to get OCR in the Olympics and we got to get it on TV, legitimize it, legitimize it as a sport or whatever you want to say. Um, so as someone who's kind of half in the OCR world, you know, and has you know, their foot in other, other different places, one is, like, do people even, from your perspective, do people even care about TV anymore, right? Like, I, I canceled my cable, uh, it was like a year and a half ago, and I don't miss it one <laughs> bit. Like, I don't, watch, I don't watch TV. I get all my content digitally online. So let's go there, and then I want to go with, like, you know, if you were king for the day or shooting the Spartan national series, how would you kind of cover that type of thing? Man, you know, like I, I'm with you. I, I haven't, I've never had a cable subscription. I mean, like I, I've had a TV and streaming. I mean, since I, since I graduated from high school, like this, this has been my life. Like my parents have TV this, and that's the only time I've ever seen it. Um, you don't even have to like have TV for sports. You haven't for years. You can you can get that from streaming services as well. So uh, the, a great a great place to 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 uh, pivot is there at sports. Like OCR doesn't need to be on television any more than uh, the billion dollar you know like like uh, like gaming industry like 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 uh, like uh, esports. You don't see that on, on TV. I think ESPN has some stuff on there, but there's more money there than, than anybody ever thought there would be. And that's all through streaming and, uh, and YouTube and new media. I think what OCR needs to do is, is stop worrying about trying to become legitimate in the old way and kind of look forward again to what is a very media literate generation that's used to getting what they want when they, when they ask for it. Like I, if, if I want, if I'm interested in something, I want to like jump on YouTube or jump on Twitch and see it. And so our responsibility as ambassadors for OCR as a sport, like we have such an addictive 
fun, accessible sport. Like it's, it's hard and it should be hard. It should stay hard, but it's also really fun. And there are so many onboarding points for people of all fitness levels that the travesty is that if you look for high quality OCR uh, media on, on YouTube, you don't, you don't get it. Or if, if you're looking for, for, you know, stuff like I, I always think about how you do the, the two minute or the technique Tuesdays, that stuff is gold. Like, like when, when Victoria and I started getting into OCR several years ago, like that was the stuff we were looking for. We were looking for high quality content made by the people who actually do it by people who are le legitimately in it. So, I mean, like what OCR needs to do is instead of worrying about, uh, you know, TV, I think is we need to look for those athletes like you who have big personalities and a good social media presence who are interesting people overall and who are fun to watch. And I think then what we also need to do after that is to get those people in front of the camera enough that there is enough and there's enough media and event like saturation so that people have a basic literacy of what OCR is so that like an armchair sports person can like hop on Twitch and see something live streamed or on YouTube or on like a live, uh, live streaming service and, and just like, Hey, I know what Pegatron is or like, Oh, I see what's happening right here. Like, I mean, these people are doing monkey bars or they're on a rig and they can, they know enough about it. Enough people have talked about it that they can analyze somebody's form just like you do like on football, you know, like people who don't even do it have an interest. And I think that that comes from making lots more content than is actually out there. That's easy to consume. That's a great answer. I, that was, that was phenomenal. I mean, you know, you know, I mentioned I canceled my cable subscription, but I was, I'm late to the game. Like most of my friends have had it. It's been gone for years. My sister canceled it years ago. Um, I think my parents, my parents still have it, but I think that's about it. Last week, um, Spartan uh, just did a, what was it? Is unbreakable, like the be unbreakable campaign yep. started. And it was just like an awesome video, man. Like, that, I got goosebumps. I mean, it was, it was a legitimately like well done uh, video that looks like something that you would see. It was like, hey, is this for, it could be for like the NFL. Like it was, it looked great. And it like stuff like that, I think does so much to take like the average, like armchair sports consumer uh, and, and, and communicate to them that this is a real thing. Like, like this isn't just like a bunch of people on hay bales in like a, a field. I mean, it's that too, right. which it's is why full, it's a full spectrum it's grown so much, Yeah, but it's also a legitimate space for some of the, the most talented athletes in the world to show off skills that you don't see otherwise, otherwise in other places. Yeah. You know, you, you mentioned the average person being able to understand, you know, we're, we're definitely not there yet. Cause I mean, when I do my writing for other websites and stuff, I still break it down like obstacle course racing OCR. And then I'm like, you run and climb over things. And then, you know, in my book, I have to, I, every time I mention an obstacle by name, I assume the reader, I assume the reader is not familiar with it. So I explain it, you know, so anyone can pick up my biography and read it. But um, yeah, the, so let, let's talk Spartan national series coverage, right? So that's the, the biggest prize money currently, well, as of right now, actually, as of a couple hours ago, Spartan canceled every race for 2020. So there's, there's no more races for Spartan. But normally, the Spartan US Series is the biggest prize money kind of uh, path for the sport. You know, what, what's your opinion on how that should be covered and distributed? You know, the, um, currently it's run on mountains, and they usually do a live stream. And then they have basically have commentators and stuff like that. And they've changed it up a couple of times. So sometimes they, they cover the whole race and then other times they, they kind of go live for a couple of minutes at a time. Uh, you know, what's your, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, that just made me think of watching the CrossFit games last year. Cause we both have gotten into CrossFit a little bit in the past couple of years, but they had it where it was streaming. You could find it streaming on like five different platforms on YouTube. You could find it on websites all like official and sponsored, but having it on different YouTube channels, each streaming it meant you could listen to commentators you're familiar with 
or voices you know in the sport. And I think that would be amazing to have, and maybe they already do it and I just don't know about it, but for OCR or for these bigger competitions to actually have, if I want to listen to Evan's commentary, but still have the official streaming where it's licensed out, where you can get all these different voices in the sport talking about it, whether they're competing or not, um, and still help spread the word to as many audiences as possible and not try and close it off that only one network gets to stream it. It's like, that's not a good way to grow the sport, you know? Oh, interesting. I like that concept. That's, that's very clever. I'm, yeah, it was really easy to consume the CrossFit games last year. Yeah, like we I just watched, always had it on. Yeah, sorry. I, I watched it for the first time ever live because I could find it because they had never before streamed it on YouTube as far as I knew. And we don't have cable. We've never had cable because we don't want it. And they, I could find it on multiple channels, you know, on Rogue Channel and a couple of their, of their title sponsors. And it was you could listen to the commentary you liked listening to and you could get the exact same like footage of the event, which I would love to see for OCR. Yeah. I think that OCR has an image problem for a reason completely different from just the fact that there's not a lot of saturation for it. Right. Like we all know about like the CrossFit games. That's kind of like a household name now, but it's really easy to cover CrossFit games because they're they're all right there in one place right like you pull out the pull-up bars there you go like you you rack all of the the weights when you're done but you pull them back out and you you get everything ready for you know like for for this or that event but ocr is like oftentimes longer courses with big big spaces where people are running and then a very short burst of action on the obstacles so i think that, that it's difficult to cover something like that because you need either uh, crews placed at every single obstacle along the way, or you need to find a way to have people running along with them. And that's not easy to do for broadcast type stuff. So you have to have, I think, uh, one races that are set up with filming in mind that loop back on themselves. You've got to move a little bit away from like the mud run adventure race and a little bit more into something that groups big obstacles where they're are places to to place crews and audiences and two you need to be able to also have people like me who have a very specific skill set of being able to to run quickly and also film well under under uh you know under stress so that so that you have a mixture of live coverage and also really quick well crafted uh edited coverage as well and that's going to take uh, races and race coordinators uh, working with media in mind. They're going to have to find uh, somebody like me and, and, and a company, different production companies, and set them up just like other sports do, where they work hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, TMX kind of had that in mind with every, everything was, is only a mile and all the obstacles are right there. And I think the new High Rocks, which I would yeah. not consider – obstacle course racing i would consider it endurance crossfit because it's really like it's really like crossfit type movements or functional fitness type movements and you know endurance running like it's fun to watch i think i think that works well the you know the one that idea that hobie i think it was hobie calls idea that he brought up years ago was basically you need to set up the course like a clover leaf whereas essentially you yeah. run you, you run down the straightaway and all the obstacles are located in the middle and then you do an obstacle or two and then you go out on a big clover leaf and then you come back in the middle and you do a couple obstacles. So the obstacles are all bunched in the middle, but it takes a specific type of terrain and course to allow you to do that. And I think the OCR World Championships in 2014, actually every year they try to do something pretty similar, you know, but with the courses they choose, they're typically on a mountain or in, you know, 14, 15 was like at the base of a bowl for Ohio. It just, you know, the, the, the clover leaf loops were enormous so, yeah. you, you know, you get to see guys for a couple obstacles in a row and then they're, they're gone for another, you know, 30 to 45 minutes or, you know, hours, depending on how fast you're running and what wave or level you're competing at. But value your guys' advice there. So let's talk uh, future of Stoke Shed. You know, what do you guys have coming up and, you know, where can we find you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I mean, right now we're just rolling with the punches like the rest of the world. Uh, things are, are kind of picking back up again. Like, I mean, I, I've got 
a busy month that feels amazing. Like a, uh, like it, it feels like I have worth again. Like I, I really took that non-essential thing to heart. <laughs> like, you're not essential worker. I felt like a non-essential person, <laughs> but uh, no, like, I mean, the next, the next step for us is building a, a, you know, a couple of hires so that we can do more races, especially next year. Um, I've got a, a couple of people that I'm looking to, to bring on, to train, to do kind of exactly what I do, run out, do the race, get coverage that focuses on emotions and big moments for people rather than just documenting what the course looks like. You, you need people who, who care about that. And I want to be the company that people go to if they're like, you know what? I want people to actually see this video and not just hope to see themselves, but imagine themselves there next time or send it to somebody and make them imagine themselves going and having that triumph, that feeling that you get when you finally nail stairway to heaven and just run along. That's an amazing feeling. Like that's, that's why we do OCR because there is, no greater high than finishing the course and finishing it well. It's, it's so much skill. And I, I, think that, I think that having an understanding of the sport makes what Stokeshed does different than most other people who do coverage. And then otherwise, uh, I would like to do a television pilot next year. And I've got a few short films as well. Nice. So, uh, we're going to have some fun. If you liked Hell Couch, I think you're going to enjoy what happens this September because <laughs> I, I, I think on a, on a shock level, out of 10, Hell Couch was a two, but I've got a seven lined up that I really want to get out there. So, All right. We'll shock well, people. <laughs> we're looking forward to it. And yeah, you, can, you can find us at stokeshed.com or at facebook.com slash stokeshedproductions, youtube.com slash stokeshed. You can email us at stokeshed at gmail.com or Victoria. If you're, uh, Victoria also does graphic design freelance as well, not just photography with us. Yeah, I can be reached by email at vicarossdesign at gmail.com. Uh, V-I-K-A-R-O-S-S design. Got it. Perfect. That's going to be my next question. So thank you for answering that. All right, we're going to start wrapping things up here. But before we go... We usually ask, you know, one thing people would be surprised to know about you. In this case, since we have a couple on, uh, you can feel you can share one, and then you can feel free to share one about your your spouse there, because I think we'll get some pretty interesting comments here. So, whoever <laughs> okay. wants to go first, I, I think I think that that people would be surprised to know that my wife, ever since I've known her, has an unhealthy love for saltine crackers. That's like just weird. the blandest, most awful snack you can think of. To me, it's just, I'm just barely above like Vienna sausage or spam on the why would you eat that level. And she just likes them. You know, I'm in the bland snack. Just Sue me. <laughs> oh, most <man>. tasteless. <laughs> I, I feel like that's what my mom gave me after my stomach was sick and I was throwing up as a kid. So it makes I me think, feel, yeah. feel sick. If I, I, it makes, I, I think I associate it with vomiting, which is probably yeah. not a good thing. There are so many pictures of me as a toddler clutching the entire box to my chest. <laughs> like someone's going to take those from me. I don't know. Uh, I think, okay, so everyone, everyone's seen Bobby's videos, I'm sure by now. But I think people might be surprised to see some of his artwork and his drawings. He's cringing right now. They're so good, though. And every time people see what you can do, they don't realize that you're capable of that, too. And I think it's awesome. Well, you never cease to amaze me, Bobby. So why don't you also share one about yourselves? <laughs> do you want to go first? I, I have uh, a, a confession. There is, I, I don't know if anybody knows anything about video games, but there's a video game called Dark Souls. And I've spent hundreds of hours playing Dark Souls. And uh, I'm a huge, huge nerd. Uh, but that probably wasn't <laughs> surprise anybody. Well, I was kind I really of love it. Look it up. There's so there are videos of people doing amazing. If, if you're into video games, that's a thing. But <laughs> well, when we first, um, I was I can't remember. I think it was the last race you came up for. We were, or maybe it was the one before that. I can't even remember now. Uh, we were driving back and we were talking about what we were like in high school. 
And I'm pretty sure me and you would have been like best friends. So you oh, you yeah. were going you were going over like so the video games you liked and like comic books and I was like, yeah, I was like you're awesome. We're awesome. This these are all great interests. So oh yeah, I love the harder the video games, the harder the better. <laughs> like I like to bang my head against the wall because I want to master it. I love mastery. And so yeah. video games scratch that itch in the same way that that video and OCR and all that stuff does. Like sometimes I just want to punish myself in a different way. <laughs> That's nice. kind of weird. <laughs> Don't put that in the That's going in. It's too late. I'm not editing this one. So, all right, Victoria, what do you got? Um, okay, this is this is random. No one would ever know this about me necessarily, but growing up, we did not have a TV until I was about ten. So for the first like five years of our relationship, Bobby will make all these references to shows and TV shows. And we are six years apart in age. So he'll make these references and be like, well, you were too young for that. I'm like, I'm really not that young. I swear. I just, there's this gaping hole in my knowledge of TV and shows that literally everyone else has seen that I just, I don't know, I just didn't watch it. If it was at a friend's house, maybe. Me and my wife are the same way because I make Simpsons and RoboCop references and things from <laughs> yeah. Rambo and Commando. And she's just like, she just stares at me. And then I just, I, I, I stopped waiting for her to guess the movie. I just tell her immediately afterwards now. Like I yeah, quote a, he, yeah. I quote a RoboCop today. Um, but still got the factory sticker on it, but she, it went right <laughs> over her head. <laughs> I can relate to her. I can relate. Exactly. I mean, and, and just like, like any other mansplaining husband in the world, I made it my mission to <laughs> show her as many uh, classic, quote unquote, classic uh, 80s and 90s horror and science fiction films as I possibly could in our first few years. And then I kind of gave up. Yeah. Well, <laughs> 80s and 90s are the best action and horror films ever. So absolutely. Totally, totally see. Agree there. So, she likes Predator. Predator is I, I am a fan. an instant classic. So. I am a fan. Fantastic. All right. I think we're going to, again, oh, I forgot to do the episode brought to you by. That was, that was poor. All right. Oh, so shame. let's just do it now. So this episode was brought to you by UFOs. So UFOs are the recovery sandals and shoes that you've seen me and members of the Conquer the Gauntlet Pro Team wearing. It's what I wear after all my ultra OCRs. I know Bobby and Victoria both have, I believe, the shoes. Um, just throw out some of your thoughts on UFOs. Uh, we give them for gifts now. I just, it was just my dad's birthday. Uh, gave him a pair of UFOs because we're, we are in love with them. We wear them all the time. There's literally no other shoe I wear around my house. Like, <laughs> I got the shoes and the slides. I wear the slides every single day. Like whether I went for a run or did anything else active, I literally wear them every single day. They're amazing. Yeah, my shoes are falling apart. Like I wear them so much, so much. Ufos, if you're listening, I want to work for you. I'm, I'm there. I'm there, baby. I, will, I understand you. I get you. Let me be a part of your brand. Legitimately right, love these shoes. I, I really cannot recommend them enough. And regardless of the sport you do, because like if it's a long training run or something, I'll put them on afterwards. If it's sprints or some kind of workout where like your arches hurt a lot, I don't whether that's like jump rope or snatches or like whatever you're doing, they it's just amazing to put those on at the end of the day. All right, now we talked a little bit about some of your physical accomplishments on Pegatron early this year. Any other physical fitness related goals, plans you have for the next couple months, year? Well, I will run my, my first marathon in November. I've, I've always been scared of the distance. So uh, I was like, forget it. I gotta, I gotta do it. And I'm really stoked. I, I, it was OCR America actually, that uh, was the first time I ever ran uh, a, a half marathon distance was with you, Evan, like just over the course of like a morning, you know, like over, over like four hours or so. And like, I, I couldn't believe that was as far as I went. I was like, you know what? That's super doable. And we got up and we did it again the next day. And I was like, I like this. I like this. So I started training. I did my first half marathon. I was like, wow, that was actually, that's not bad. That's super doable. And, and so I'm kind of digging really deep into that. In fact, so much so that like it, I, if it's between like a, like I, I will, 
scale, you know, like the, the, the evil word of scale my CrossFit uh, <laughs> uh, workouts if I feel like it will get in the way of my distance. That is, that is bold. It's bold. Don't tell, don't tell anybody I ever scaled. You can look at Sugar Wad and you will not see any scaling. <laughs> Making waves. Awesome. Well, before we let you go, any final shout outs, plugs, sponsors, et cetera, you want to talk about? Man, read all of Evan's books. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like requ required reading. Like the sport is still pretty young and it's like, those are the things that people are going to go back to as classics. Uh, in 10 years, when everybody knows what OCR is, and it's, it's televised, and it's, it's, it's all over the place, and it's in the Olympics, people are going to be like, man, where do I start? You need to start off with Ultra OCR, man. Well, thank you. I, I actually was in a, I went to a supplement superstore today, and I started talking to the guys, and they, they keep, you know, they, they're doing the normal sales pitch where they ask you your goals, and I kind of like, I'm like, yeah, I do racing, and then I kind of brushed it off, and yeah, but there was no one in there and they're bored. So they keep asking digging questions. Anyway, like 45 minutes later, I'm standing behind the desk or behind, by the desk with them and we're watching OCR America videos <laughs> off the website. So uh, it was a pretty, it was a pretty funny conversation, but it was, it was entertaining, but it, uh, yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> and uh, so a couple of final plugs, right? So this was going to come up, this episode is going to come out pretty much immediately after we finish recording. and. Yeah, uh, this weekend we have Conquer the Gauntlet Iowa on Saturday, and then Casey Timber Challenge Family Fun Family Family Timber Challenge on Sunday. Yeah. So you know, uh, obviously first CTG race of the season, so that's a big deal. And then Family Timber Challenge on Sunday, so Casey Timber Challenge with another event, and this is their shorter version. And kids are allowed, so I'll be out there with my daughter. I'll run a hard lap by myself, and then go back out for another lap with my daughter. So really looking forward to that. And also be seeing you guys there. Is that correct? Yeah, we'll be there. Yeah. So check out Casey Timber Challenge if you're looking for a race in the Kansas City area or uh, Conquer the Gauntlet, Iowa, if you're looking for a race in Iowa area. And if you haven't seen the OCR America videos, please go back and watch them again. I, I'm obviously a little biased and Bobby's probably biased because he's the one that made them. And I'm, I'm essentially the center of attention for a lot of it was, I think it's the best piece of, produced OCR content that's available that you can watch. So, um, well, they'll yeah. love the, uh, what, what we end up making out of a lot of that footage later on too. Yeah. I'm really excited for that too. And then other than that, conquer the gauntlet pro team OCR workouts to go, uh, recently published on Amazon. So you can pick up a digital copy of that basically has 75 plus workouts that you can download to your phone and take them with you. And I just figured out how to do, hard copy publishing too through Amazon. So uh, it's also available on hard copy if some of you prefer hard copy. And Victoria actually took the cover photo of that. So it's Randy going across Pegatron. She looks awesome. She's jacked and looking good going across there. But Randy's insane. She's so yeah. cool. She's awesome. And now that, now that you were talking, I feel like I should have just hired you to do the rest of the cover because I just kind of budget. <laughs> I budget through it together. You're talking. You're, I'm feeling self-conscious about my budget covers now. So, yeah. we'll, we'll get you next time yeah the, the picture of it the cover picture is awesome though um so you can go check oh, that out and if you if you buy the hard copy the they essentially print them on the spot so they don't have to like keep any overhead um so they take the shippings on them is real slow so um hopefully eventually i'll do my other books on through amazon but if you want them faster you can order them off the teamstrengthspeed.com website and they'll appear to you in uh, about a week because that's what that's all about long how long it takes as soon as i get the order i put it in the mail the next day and ultra ocr man's available on digital hard copy and audiobook and other than that hire stoke shed because you guys are awesome and i just absolutely love the work you guys do so um, keep up the good work and i'm looking to forward to see what else you guys produce in the future both in the ocr world and then also outside of it so i think we got a lot of good stuff coming i know me and bobby have talked about some other plans that I don't want to reveal yet because you know things change in the future, so I don't want to I don't want to play our hand too too quickly. But um, I have a lot of other ideas for video related things uh, that touch OCR and then other parts of the fitness world that I think would be really really good content, and uh, you know hope hopefully spread the sport a little bit further. I think we're we gonna to we're gonna be pioneers. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. It was great talking to you too. And I will see both of you on Sunday. All right. We'll see you. Can't wait, man. Later. Bye.